What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Today's episode is a little bit more spontaneous. I want to I want to lay that out there before I even get started talking about um, this whole like sustainability conversation that we're going to have today. Um, but man, uh, I don't know why I had this little like uh, kick in the pants today. Uh, I don't know why I just said kick in the pants. To be honest, that's some like my, my grandfather used to say. I'm not you know fucking ninety years old, but uh, yeah, I just kind of had a little spark of motivation and. To be honest, I've it's been more recent, but this week in particular, I, I think it, it's stemmed from uh, coaching calls I've had, uh, just different conversations I've had, some of the content I've been posting and, and speaking about recently. Um, I I just noticed that I've I've been having more of these conversations in my head as of recent, and sometimes, at least for me, it helps me to just like get a microphone out, hit record, and just word vomit into the microphone. Uh, about a lot of the things that I've been thinking about recently. And, and just, I don't know, I, I do that in therapy as well, you know, having somebody in the room, but sometimes it helps for me to just hit record and, and talk about things. Uh, and, and ideally, hopefully you can take some things away from this. Uh, you, you know, like listening to me ramble, I, I imagine isn't always the, the most enjoyable thing. Maybe it is, maybe you enjoy it and, and you love listening, listening to this podcast. I, I appreciate you either way, but yeah, today, uh, today I was, uh, I don't know. I was just using the inspiration from a lot of the stuff that I've kind of been thinking about and and talking about to different people this week. Uh, And it's, it's centered around this conversation of sustainability. Now we're going to relate sustainability uh, to health and fitness and your body composition goals uh, and you just living a generally healthy life. Like that's kind of the context we're going to talk about sustainability today. There's an infinite amount of uh, conversations that can stem from the word sustainability, whether we're talking about like, uh, you know, agriculture or, uh, uh, you know, renewable energy. Like, I don't know. I'm drawing blanks here, but there's a lot of other, you know, things that uh, sustainability is used uh, in different contexts, different industries. But if you are somebody that's been listening to me for a while, you've been listening to other podcast hosts or consuming other coaches content in the space or reading blogs, um, really just following anybody. If, if they are somebody that is, uh, you know, doing their due diligence uh, in in this game to help people, right? Not just like, uh, just, uh, create this lucrative type of income and preying on people's insecurities, right? There's kind of, there's, there's two different, uh, and honestly, we'll probably talk about that a little bit today, but you can kind of get, after you follow somebody for a while, and I'm not saying I'm a saint here, but like, like at the end of the day and, and you follow some from someone for a period of time, like, you can get a general idea of what their intentions are. And there's a lot of really good coaches, really good health professionals, uh, you know, really good scientists, really good authors, uh, really good health coaches, personal trainers, therapists that really do have your best interest at heart. Like that's why they do this. That's why I do this. Um, these are the reasons, you know, the reasons I show up and do these things and hit record and, and talk about some of the stuff on the podcast and bring guests on is, you know, for the best interest of the audience. And, and for me, selfishly, like picking other people's brains and, uh, you know, uh, furthering my education and my own personal development and spreading a message that I feel passionately about. But if you listen to any coach that really gives a shit about you in the health and fitness space, there's a good chance that you've heard them use the word sustainability at, at one point in time, if not repeatedly over and over and over again. All right. And, and I think 
I think we can all agree here if we lay everything out on the table and we think in the back of our head, like what does sustainability mean in the health and fitness space, right? I think most of us can agree that the endless amounts of, uh, you know, uh, diets and fads and you crash dieting and you completely eliminating carbs for the rest of your life or you going two days without eating and then, uh, uh, and then eating one day and then fasting again for two days, right? You doing just a juice cleanse for three days in a row. You taking a laundry list of supplements and meal replacement shakes for four weeks to lose a bunch of weight. Like when it comes to weight loss, when it comes to health, when it cha- comes to changing the way you look, there's an infinite amount of things out there, programs, plans, resources that somebody could tap into and do for a short period of time to get a result, right? And I, I think if we all, you know, surrounded at a table when we were talking about this, I think most people can come to the conclusion that those usually are not a, uh, and I say usually, like most of the time, 99.9% of the time, those are not a solution for the long-term problem that a lot of people have, which is, you know, practicing and doing generally uh, health-seeking behaviors over time, maintaining a healthy body weight, right? Uh, getting into the gym and, and taking care of themselves or doing their workouts, getting more steps and not being super sedentary, uh, eating more whole foods, like taking care of themselves in general. Like like those quick fixes, those crash diets, all these types of things that you know people latch onto for a short period of time to get a temporary results only to go back to the place that they started at or sometimes even worse like usually when people are talking about the word sustainability a lot of times it comes to the play or it comes from a place of like hey if someone's looking to lose weight or to lose fat um, or to maintain a healthy body weight over time there are practices that are going to be more sustainable um, at least to keep that weight off and to keep you healthy long term versus things that are maybe more temporary more short-term short-lived and that are not going to yield an outcome unless you do that thing forever, which again, for most people sitting here, you drinking three premier protein shakes a day and having fruit in between those things, man, if we're being real, probably not going to happen. Okay. It's just, it's not something that you are going to buy into forever, nor should you, right? Like I'm not, I'm not saying that that's a good thing. You know, a lot of times these things are actually maybe more harmful or take somebody further away from their goal, right? Like these, these shortcuts that kind of, uh, disguise themselves from, um, um, you know, something that could be detrimental to their health. And this like long way, quote unquote, that people are afraid of is, is usually like the shortcut to where you actually want to be. But it's these, these quick fixes that kind of disguise themselves as these answers that we're looking for. When in reality, you know, damn well that those things are not going to one, you know, uh, lead to sustainable here. Here's that word again, right? Sustainable fat loss, sustainable, Um, improved health markers, right? Sustainable, like improved relationship with food. Like those are not the things that are going to yield those results more often than not. Okay. And so I, I keep kind of talking around this concept, but like if you look at other coaches and you consume different types of content and you follow people who give a shit about your health and, and, um, are not just like trying to get into your pocketbook and sell you a continuous glucose monitor or something, right? Like, like, there's a lot of people out there that have used the word sustainability and do what is sustainable for you. And I love that message. And I am somebody that has said that from day one. It's just something that um, I've believed. I've kind of been taught through my schooling. It's uh, it's something that I've definitely um, 
uh, been guilty. I don't know why that comes to mind, but just something that I've told a lot of people a lot of times over and over and over again. But this past week, for some reason, I've just, I don't know, I've been internalizing that blanket recommendation just a little bit more and just kind of coming to the realization that sustainability, and and this isn't anything groundbreaking, right? It's just kind of me taking a step back and like auditing like, hey, me loosely using this term honestly doesn't help people either sometimes, okay? And I'm going to explain why, but... I think the word sustainability is overused sometimes in the health and fitness space. I think it's a word that needs to be used, but I think it's a word that needs to have context added to it so it can be applicable to the person receiving that information or making those decisions for themselves, okay? And what it comes down to is this word sustainability, uh, there's not like uh, an objective definition that Uh, applies to everybody's life and season of life and priorities and goals. And therefore, the word, you know, sustainable is a very subjective term and it should be treated as so, okay? And, And people listening to this right now, you probably would agree with that. Or maybe you've already thought of that or you're like, yeah, no shit, Luke, duh. Um, But I, I think it's worth reiterating that because too many times, People are quick to shit on people for doing things that they personally don't think is sustainable or they, for their situation, wouldn't imagine is sustainable for them. And so people end up projecting their own opinions and beliefs and philosophies onto other people, assuming that what's sustainable for them is going to be sustainable for the other person, right? Coaches are guilty of this a lot of times as well. Um, Again, not done with bad intentions, right? It's very different than your Aunt Sally sitting here of like, hey, you know, I just cut out carbs four times a week and then I don't eat one day and wham, I keep my weight and you should do that too, right? Like that's very different than a coach sitting here and talking about, hey, what, you know, uh, maybe this plan isn't the best idea because X, Y, and Z and you lay the pros and cons out of those. Um, And and those things are what, gets the uh, the wheels turning in your head of like, yeah, no, I, I can see why that wouldn't be in my best interest over the long term if some of these things are going to, um, you know, not going to be something that I can keep up or continue or um, just replicate over and over and over again. So, um, man, where am I going with this, right? Where, what am I talking about here? We all have to remember that what is sustainable is going to look very different for yourself than it is for me, than from your mom, than from your son, than from your best friend, than from the fitness influencer that you follow that, you know, you envy their body, right? Or uh, Andrew fucking Huberman, right? Like all of these different people, like you, we can't sit here and compare our lives to other people. So everyone, have di- everyone has different preferences. Everyone has different genetics. Everyone has different, um, 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 you know, uh, monetary considerations or, or in different, maybe financial brackets, have different resources, have different levels of education, have different responsibilities and priorities throughout the course of the day. And with all this being said, goes without saying that sustainability needs to be tailored to you, right? And you are the person that needs to define what the word sustainable is for you. Okay. And what I have caught myself doing this week or what I've caught myself thinking about is like, you know, 
uh, talking to people or reviewing things that maybe they've done in the past that aren't working now or stuff that people are thinking about doing or the stuff that I'm seeing on social media. Um, and you know, I have my biases, I have my opinions. I, I know what the literature and the research says on certain topics. And, and maybe I'm quick to interject with like, yeah, Hey, maybe, you know, maybe fasting for you isn't the best because your primary goal right now is to gain muscle and, and fasting in itself likely isn't very anabolic, right? Like you not eating enough or you not eating consistently uh, is likely going to take away from the progress that you could make, you know, um, by eating more throughout the day, right? Like eating in a small surplus, being able to eat more throughout the course of the day instead of trying to force feed everything in a six hour fasting or in a feeding window or eight hour feeding window. Um, And I use fasting as an example there because man, for being honest, like fasting is a very realistic, is a very uh, preferential way for a lot of people to live their lives, right? And, you know, how do you know if someone's fasting? Like they'll fucking tell you they're fasting, right? Same same thing with like uh, if they're doing CrossFit or if they're doing keto, uh, whatever camp somebody finds themselves in, like chances are like if you talk to them, they will tell you about what they do, why they do it and why they think that's the best, okay? Um, and again, like that, again, that person is is different than maybe a coach who has, a little bit more experience, who has worked with humans, who understands that there's a lot of different ways to get to the end outcome, okay? And the end outcome being, how can I be as healthy as possible for as long as possible? And and can I continue to do the things that bring me joy and, and be there for the people who I really love, right? Um, or to continue showing up and doing all the things that make me feel alive, like at some level, living your best life, living in a body that you enjoy are two things that most people are after, okay? And for most people, I'd say most people, there's always a population that, you know, don't care how long they live or whatever, but man, a lot of us want to live as long as we can, right? And make as mem- as many memories as we can and be there as long as we can for our kids. Um, and the thing that is going to make that possible, right? The, the, the thing that's going to make 80-year-old yourself, 90-year-old you healthy, mobile, independent, strong as fuck, resilient, uh, still enjoying their life, man, that's, again, it's going to look different from person to person on what can get them there, okay? And I'm going to tie things of like, hey, what are what are the, the biggest things that we should all be working for and the the you know, five to 10 things that everybody can generally do that's going to give them a good chance to be healthy as fuck throughout their lifespan. Um, but again, there's there's a lot of different ways to do that. And the reason I, I bring this up because I have a handful of clients that have a lot of different needs, different goals, different priorities. You know, some some are, are very knee deep into the tracking everything, you know, um, you know, tracking for years, or maybe they're super immersed into like, Hey, yeah, you know, I'm, if it fits your macros and, uh, if I hit this many calories and I can do this whole flexible dieting thing and tracking's the greatest thing ever. And I can eat my protein and calories and, you know, I can, I can make that cool or I can, um, make my body change because of that and pair that with the lifting. That's great. You know, some other clients are sitting here where it's like, man, I've tracked for a long time and I'm burnt out, but I don't know how to live life without it. Or, the, the thought of not tracking scares the shit out of me because I'm afraid that I can't keep the progress or the results that I've gotten by using that tool, right? Some other people are trying to tap a little bit more into the maybe the um, 
I'm not an intuitive eating coach by any by any means, but tapping into more the psychology and honoring your body's you know hunger cues and uh, doing things that come a little bit more naturally instead of always forcing yourself to only hit particular numbers at the end of the day. Um, and I'm I'm comparing tracking to a handful of things here because that is something that I do help people with. You know, start tracking, continue tracking, and then remove tracking. Ideally, here, you know, um, once they reach their goals or learn how to live without it at the very minimum. Um, you know, I also have other people that are just trying to get their A1C down, right, or to get their blood pressure under control, uh, trying to maybe lose 20 pounds, and maybe that's not going to get them to an ideal body weight range, but that's what's going to make them significantly healthier. It's going to improve their blood lipid markers, their fasting blood sugar levels, their A1C, right? Like a lot of these uh, metabolic type of changes that can happen with just a 5 or 10% body weight reduction. Man, some of those people are after that. And maybe tracking isn't in their wheelhouse, but we're doing a lot of behavior and environmental modifications to make that possible, okay? Now, when it comes to all of these things, if we lay all of these things out on paper, right, there's a lot of ways to skin the cat. I think that's the saying. Um, we could agree that, hey, maybe doing these ways, like learning about why we're tracking or learning about why we're modifying these things or talking about why we're auditing yourself and your emotions and how you feel and what triggers you have around the house, right? Like maybe addressing your mental health alongside what we do with your uh, nutrition and, and and more of the objective things that we change with your with your nutrition and with your hydration and with your exercise and your steps throughout the day. Like the numbers and the stuff that we can kind of use as data and, and feedback and, and kind of targets to shoot for. Like, cool, that's great. But in the absence of like working alongside that with your mental health or, or building up your fundamentals and your education um, and, and just helping you justify some of the reasons of why those things are important, man, like sometimes that can miss the mark as well. Um, so when we talk about sustainability, like, man, my definition of sustainability, uh, it, it, again, it changes from person to person, right? It changes even for myself and, and what I deem as sustainable for myself and my lifestyle. But for, for a lot of people, right, like getting to the place where, hey, let's meet you where you're at. What are some of the deficiencies? Like how can we bridge the gap from where you're at right now? Identify some of the obstacles and the barriers that are keeping you from where you want to be, right? Like doing a lot of these things, a lot of the groundwork can make the habits and behaviors that you implement over time more sustainable, more repeatable because one, there's this identity change that starts to happen over time, right? Like, like you have to change the way you think about yourself, the way you act, like acting in alignment with the person who's already done the things that you're trying to do. Like that has to be some of the framework that we need to work on there that you need to embrace as you pursue whatever goal it is that you're working towards. And I'm talking about a lot of body health, fitness, you know, uh, changes here. I'm not also talking to my athletes out there that are trying to, you know, uh, set a new PR in their mile time or do a triathlon quicker or run a, a, an ultra marathon or just be better on their volleyball team. Right. And, and whatever the case may be, like all these goals, man, whatever's important in your life right now, like, like one, we have to acknowledge that that can change over time. Like, like you working and trying to, to, shoot for these things. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's in your short term. Maybe it's in your 
you know, intermediate kind of uh, timeline where, yeah, I can see myself doing these things for the next five years, 10 years, however many years, but man, you know, maybe, maybe you're single or you have a girlfriend or you don't have kids and you're still starting your career right now. Like, man, what's sustainable and what you see for your future uh, it's going to be very different than you maybe 10 years later when maybe you have a three-year-old at home, right? And and maybe some of your priorities have changed and uh, you you work at a job that's more demanding or maybe you started your own business and, and, and you're supporting a spouse and maybe you have a, a mother that's aging, right? Like, I don't know. I think, I think a lot of times we can get caught up of like, oh yeah, like what, what we're doing right now is what's going to last forever when man, life, life can slap you in the fucking face quickly. If you're, if you don't expect it, or if that's something you think you're impenetrable to, right. Um, I digress, but as I sit here, it's just like, we have to appreciate the fact that man, what you do in the beginning, what you do temporarily to get a certain result isn't always necessarily what you have to do to maintain that result. Not necessarily. For example, let's say somebody who is, uh, you know, 50 pounds overweight, they want to lose 30 pounds. They want to be healthier. Um, you know, maybe in the beginning they modify a few things. They stop, uh, drinking calories, right. Or they cut back on added um, uh, calories from liquids and coffees and sodas and alcohol. Uh, maybe they cut back their, uh, uh, food consumption where they're eating away from home. Maybe they're five, six days a week. They cut it down to two or three, right? Like there's a lot of things that you can modify that you could do that in the beginning can get you a quick return on your investment, you know, from, for somebody to get down 20 pounds. Okay, great. Maybe the things that you have adjusted that you've done differently, that's what's going to keep that 20 pounds off. So we have to be able to, you know, at least come to a place where are we doing things that we don't fucking hate all the time, right? Like that's where the crash dieting, like that, that person trying to lose that first 20 pounds, there's like, I'm just going to go keto and, or low carb and cut out all these carbs. When man, deep down, like you, maybe you're a parent and you have kids and you have uh, birthdays and your own birthday. And maybe your favorite food on the planet is, um, fucking fettuccine Alfredo. And you're sitting here telling yourself that carbs are going to go. And that's the thing that you're going to do to lose that weight. Like, yeah, that's probably not the best way to approach that in the beginning, right? Like you having the mindset, I'm just going to avoid carbs and I'm going to get 20 pounds down. Like that's how people continue to spin in this hamster wheel when maybe they can do that for a period of time, but you bet your ass that they can't do that forever. Right. Or they can't do that for the next year straight. And it's that rebound effect that can happen very quickly when you start to reintroduce some of those things. So again, it's not just like only cutting out macronutrients or particular food groups or just completely stopping um, yourself from eating until 1 p.m. in the afternoon, right? Like again, sometimes people genuinely appreciate those styles of living. They, they uh, find that it fits into their lifestyle, their preferences, uh, what they enjoy doing, but that's not the majority, Right. And when we talk about sustainability here, it's like, hey, this identity change that happens from square one or from day one and, and you changing alongside the behaviors that you're changing with that, those are the things that can really make some of these things last a little bit longer because you're no longer the person that just binges and drinks a bunch of Coke every day after work, right? You're not the person that, you know, uh, sits here and deprives themselves Monday to Thursday and now you just binge and overeat everything in sight all weekend long and maybe you drink a ton of alcohol alongside that, right? Like there has to be some baseline level of behavior change that needs to happen alongside the actual tangible 
changes that we're making to our diet um, and the addition of workouts and how we train and how many steps we're getting and other the other factors that we're trying to implement and, and, and trying to make repeatable over time, right? But man, if we look at some of these things, like it, it really help, helps people going through these things to really decide what is worth it to them or not, okay? And that person, again, going back to somebody who maybe lost 30 pounds, man, maybe they get down 30 pounds, maybe technically they're still a little overweight, but their their blood markers look really good. They feel more confident in their skin, their shirt size down. Um, they are out of breath walking up the stairs with their kid at school, right? Like they're, they're showing up and they're lifting and they're doing things that they enjoy. Man, that person might find that, hey, for me, sustaining this and being at this this place where I'm doing X, Y, and Z to my nutrition. I'm still making time to go on walks every day. I'm going to the gym at least two times a week right now. Uh, I am, you know, uh, meal prepping and doing a lot of these behaviors that make it easier for me to follow through and, and um, execute on the commitments that I make throughout the course of the week. When I do go out to eat and when I do socialize and when that part of my life does pick up, maybe I know how to navigate that or to make those experiences better um, to the point where I have more control and I have more appreciation for what I do in those moments, right? That person might be really happy with that. For another person, they might get down to that, you know, 20, 30 pounds down, but they might appreciate the fact that, hey, I want to get even leaner, right? Or I want to build even more muscle or change my body even more. And maybe for that person, starting the road of like, hey, I'm going to start tracking everything and be more meticulous with that, right? Or like, and I, I say all these things before I get started, like, we just have to appreciate the fact that for a lot of people, small changes in the very beginning can produce a pretty meaningful result in the short term and long term, right? When done consistently. But there comes a time where the things that you changed in the beginning, um, there's a capacity to, to how much progress you can get before you have to add more or do more or implement more um, or in certain cases, restrict more or exercise a little bit more or um, you know, do things outside of what you did initially to continue to see that progress compound over time. Man, just because somebody's sitting here at 240 pounds and just because they go from Coke to Diet Coke, that doesn't mean that they're going to lose 100 pounds and not change anything else and then live happily ever after, right? Like them cutting out that extra source of calories, maybe it saves them 3,000 calories throughout the course of the week or whatever it is. And they get down 10, 15, 20 pounds and they lost a substantial amount of weight by changing one thing great, they have to continue to do that to keep that weight off, right? Or if they're accounting for all the other calories and whatever's coming in, right? Like they can't just mindlessly add all of these uh, sugar-sweetened beverages and stuff like that and expect for that weight to continue off just because they did it for a period of time, right? Like you have to continue to do that for that weight to stay off or for those changes to continue to, um, to, you know, to be present. But it's going to take more effort for less of a return the leaner you get, right? The more advanced you get into your training, uh, the, the more improvements that you see over time, like, man, it gets to this point where, yeah, there's a diminishing return on some of the things that uh, you're doing from a health, from a fitness standpoint that, let's be real, a lot of people can end their journey there, not end their journey, but just end the modifications, continue to show up and do a lot of those things and be a generally healthy and fit person the rest of their life, right? Um, but that's not to discredit the person that wants to go after the last 10, 15, 20 pounds, right? Um, that is going to have to work exponentially harder to see some of that 
you know, the, the final squeeze that you can get, um, out of whatever it is that you're pursuing, right? If we kind of relate it to a, a toothpaste type of analogy, like when you have a new bottle of toothpaste, it doesn't take a lot of pressure to squeeze toothpaste out of that, you know, that, that, uh, container, but man, you bet your ass when you're down to the last 25% or the last 10% or the last 5%, man, I don't know about you, but I've, I've been in there rolling that fucker up, squeezing it only to get a little dollop of toothpaste, right? Like sometimes like that extra energy effort, like that's what people are going after, right? And for some people that is not sustainable for them. Like going through that, working towards that, trying to execute on that, like that's just not something that is worth it to people. For other people it is, right? And other people might have a life that's conducive to squeeze out every little last bit of progress in toothpaste and spend years of working on their training, their craft, their nutrition, making that a routine, right? Like maybe their life is conducive to to executing and implementing all of those things where you have the other person who's the single mom with two kids that's trying to manage her own business, that is taking care of her parents, that is taking care of the kids growing up, that one's going to high school, yada, 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 right? Like, like those situations are not comparable. And that's why we can't compare this word sustainability from person to person because what's sustainable for that mom is going to be very different from the elite pro bodybuilder and, and not to use these di- different ends of the extremes, but man, a lot of people lay in the middle there, right? And, and the point of this podcast and this conversation that I'm having here is one, we have to appreciate the fact that sustainable does not equal comfortable, okay? Um, those words are not interchangeable. Like if, if every human did what was comfortable for them, um, which unfortunately a lot of people end up doing that, like just defaulting to their environment or what their spouse does or uh, what they grew up doing or uh, what the easier thing to do is like, that's how people end up overweight and anxious and angry and unfulfilled and um, why they find it's difficult to like uh, to lose weight, you know, in, in a lot of certain occasions. Um, you doing what's comfortable for you all the time does not mean that that's the, the word, the, the sustainability that we're looking for. Right. Um, what is comfortable for you is not always what's best for you. Okay. And if we bring up this whole conversation around like comfortability and you getting uncomfortable and, and you seeing positive results, like that is, that is applicable to a lot of things, especially in the health and fitness space. And I, I again, I'm assuming that we're all agreeing on some of these things that I'm talking about today, but at the end of the day, man, like you staying in your comfort zone, like you're probably not going to get the growth that you want to see happen over time. Um, and, and I just, I want people to appreciate the fact that like, <laughs> you know, um, this word sustainability, just because something is sustainable for you, doesn't mean it's always beneficial for you either. Okay. Um, you might be missing the mark or not hitting the minimum requirements of some of these things that it means to be a generally healthy person. And that could be the thing that could be making it difficult for you to, to see good blood work, to, to see that weight stay offered for you to lose weight in the first place. Um, or for you to grow up healthy, strong, happy, uh, independent, um, you know, with a little bit more muscle mass on your frame. And it's going to take getting outside of that comfort zone for a lot of people to be able to explore, Hey, what are some of the things, the trade-offs that I need to acknowledge that are again in my best interest, but, um, accepting the trade-offs that I can see myself making for the foreseeable future, uh, again, with the intention of 
maintaining that level of progression and maintaining that level of, uh, of maybe leanness or body composition or muscle mass or um, even your fulfillment and your joy and, and you working on your mental health, right? Like there's, I don't know, there's just, there's so many inputs that go into what it means to be sustainable. And for me, like if you compare yourself to me, like the definition of sustainable for myself over the last few years has been tracking food really religiously, probably um, 95% of the year, right? So most days of the year, um, let's say 340 days of the year, I'm tracking food throughout the course of the week, okay? I'm also able to get in and lift four days a week really religiously, um, not including deloads, right? Maybe leisurely going into the gym. I'm not in the gym every single week, but I've consistently done a training program every mesocycle for the last three plus years now, right? Um, I also go on two walks a day, partially because I get to work at home and I have a dog that loves to go on walks. And I have a wife that also, uh, we enjoy doing that together at the end of the day or after dinner or before we go to bed. Um, that is easier for me to get my steps in, right? I also have a life where it's worth it to me, where I create our uh, our menu for the week. My wife and I, we go shop, we prep, we uh, prepare all of our meals, or we batch cook, or we have a outline of what we're going to do every night of the week. And of course, there's some flexibility and things that change within that throughout the week sometimes, for sure. But we're people that plan and we... we uh, uh, purchase our food, we prep our food, and then we execute and, and follow through with that because those are commitments that we made to ourselves earlier in the week, right? I am somebody that has committed to going to therapy every week for the last three plus years now as well. Um, also somebody that still prioritizes uh, meditation and trying to get into bed for at least eight hours per night, right? Somebody that doesn't drink alcohol very often, um, haven't drinking alcohol at all to start this year, uh, I've probably drank maybe 20 days total in the year of 2023 last year, right? Um, also somebody that tends to like maybe not have as much stress in my life because I've been able to be fortunate enough to create my own business and um, uh, maybe work from home and not put myself in stressful situations that maybe I did in the past, right? Like I'm listing out all these things because you might be here listening and thinking like, oh, you know, like if Luke does that, that's what I have to do to be healthy and that's that's what's going to get me to where I want to be. When in reality, man, you might, you might be only able to do half of those things. And that is what's sustainable for you. Cause as soon as you start to go from three days of working out to four days of working out, man, maybe that's when you start missing or you start feeling shitty about yourself or you start talking shit. Right. And then that bleeds into this all or nothing thinking where it's like, well, I didn't get my workouts in for the week. So I'm not going to go on a walk today, or I'm not going to be, uh, adherent to the food and the meal prep I have. And I'm going to say yes to just going to Panda Express with the coworkers on Thursday because they invited me. Um, you know, not to say that this scenario happens to everybody, of course, but, you know, the whole definition of sustainability to me likely looks very different because one, I don't have any kids. I work from home. This is my fucking life. I help people do this on their own. I just have a different perspective, a different appreciation, a different understanding of how all this stuff fits in and what I'm able to implement. And also what I've deemed as important to myself. And for me, executing on that is very easy, right? And if I'm being real, like, of course, there's times where it's more challenging and difficult. And I, I don't want to do the things all the time, but I show up and I do it anyway, because that's the conversation and the commitments that I've made to myself with a lot of these things. 
And to expect that that's everybody's definition of sustainable is fucking insanity. But there's a lot of coaches that are kind of projecting that onto their clients or projecting that to their followers or saying all these things on the podcast, like you have to be a robot and do X, Y, and Z and do all these things every day or every week to be healthy. When man, in reality, there's a lot of things that somebody could do to improve their situation, to improve their health and be substantially um, substantially benefit from that instead of them sitting on their ass or just doing what they've been doing forever and not seeing a lot of these positive changes happen because of it. So again, there's a lot of nuance and context that need to be added from, hey, from a diet standpoint, what works for me versus what works for you, right? Like how can we uh, find a way that maybe you're hitting your fiber goal for the day or hitting your protein target for the day? Uh, what are your personal preferences? How does that factor into it? Like, do we track? Do we talk about plate um, methods? Like, do we just stock the fridge and pantry with all of these things um, that are higher in protein, that are maybe more macro-friendly, that maybe are lower calorie if your goal is weight loss right now? Like, can we set up an environment where you're going on three walks a day at 10 minutes at a time, right? Or being able to go to the gym or your boot camp class two days a week or three days a week, right? Like, there's just, there's so many things that can apply to your life that you you have to be honest with yourself of one, you know, not choosing to do any of that probably isn't in your best interest, but you, you got to be honest with yourself too, of like, Hey, there's still like a baseline minimum that I need to do. But like, what is a way that, um, I can do that to enjoy it and to more likely stay in this game for longer. Like that's really the goal here. My, my friend and coach, um, has been talking about that recently. I heard him say that. And I love that. It's, uh, uh, what are the things that we can do to stay in the game as long as possible, like ideally forever? And again, that's going to look different for everybody. Diet protocols, the types of training that you do, uh, um, the jobs that we do, like how we address our stress, um, you know, what we say yes and no to. Man, there's a spectrum of all of this shit, but you have to create the definition of sustainability or you have to define what sustainability means to you in your life, right? Appreciate the fact that like, hey, maybe what I'm doing now isn't conducive to where I want to be or my health or my long-term goals. What do I need to change to get closer to that or to to be a generally healthy person to be able to follow through with that and then executing on that, not doing the most all the time since you know that that's probably not realistic. And again, using the word sustainable long-term, like what is what are the smaller steps that we could take that we could stay at that step at the very minimum and continue to take steps further instead of trying to climb up the whole staircase on day one only to find yourself down two floors a year later. You know what I mean? So man, when it comes to this whole conversation, man, I feel like I've been all over the place today, but when we look at like the things that uh, um, generally promote more health, more well-being, um, <laughs> you being a better version of yourself, you having better health over the long term, there's a lot of things that come to mind for me. But regular exercise, like if we look at the general recommendations, it's like 150 minutes of like moderate uh, like aerobic activity in particular, but like uh, even 70, 75 minutes of like vigorous activity, you know, you getting your heart rate up more, doing a HIIT workout class, great. Um, in addition to strength training, resistance training, two days a week or more, um, you know, you working out three, four days a week, man, you're meeting the mark for regular exercise, okay? The bar is pretty low on that, but that's just where we see a lot of these health benefits come from. When it comes to a balanced diet, like eating a variety of, you know, nutrient-rich foods, including fruits, 
veggies, um, whole grains for a lot, uh, lean proteins, healthy fats, limiting like uh, maybe saturated fats, limiting processed foods, sugar, um, uh, some of these unhealthier fats. Uh, I, I say limit, right? Not completely avoid because again, that's not realistic, nor is it sustainable for you to likely limit or just completely eliminate all, um, say, fast food the rest of your life. But man, you love Chick-fil-A's grilled chicken sandwich, right? And and that's something that you crave once a month. And all of a sudden you crave that, and but you've told yourself that you're going to avoid all fast food, but that meets the category for fast food man, saying I'm going to limit that and then you enjoying that when those occasions come, knowing that that's not something that you do as frequently or super often, man, that's a really good headspace to be in. But when it comes to a balanced diet, like eating for your energy needs, meeting some minimum requirements of all these other things, not over-consuming a ton of calories and over-processed foods over time, man, there's a lot of ways to accomplish that. Whether you try a paleo or Whole30 or you do intermittent fasting or you count your calories or you just uh, uh, stick to a plate method and build every meal with a plant and a protein source, man, there's just a lot of ways to do that, okay? And again, that's where your preferences, what is sustainable for you is going to kick in and, and make that more enjoyable for you, but also more sustainable and more likely for you to adhere to that over the long term. Um, when I come, when it comes to health, I think of hydration, something that's so simple and a lot of people, uh, think they do well, but a lot of times people miss the mark uh, some days, but man, my general recommendations for a lot of people are for ladies, 90 ounces a day, guys, maybe 120 ounces a day. Again, plus or minus depending on your size, your weights, your activity level, like what you do, what other fluids you have, of course, but like getting enough water in. I mentioned sleep earlier, but like if, man, if we, if most people got into bed physically for seven hours a night to nine hours a night, there'd probably be a lot healthier people as well. So don't sleep on sleep. Okay. Pun intended on that, but man, sleep, sleep is important for your mood regulation, your, uh, your cognitive function, uh, your recovery from the workouts that you're doing, uh, from a mental health standpoint, from a fat loss standpoint, from a hormonal standpoint, man, there's a lot of things that getting enough sleep is important for. And again, all my newborn, uh, or my parents with newborns at home are probably like cussing me out. Right. But just know that like, Hey, there's these temporary seasons of your life where, yeah, maybe not getting nine hours of sleep every night is going to be realistic for you ever. Right. But you getting seven or eight is sure as fuck better than you getting four and you prioritizing that and setting things into place that can make it more likely for you to execute on that over time is going to be in your best interest. Okay. Um, we've talked about stress management uh, prioritizing your mental health, but man, doing stress, reducing things like being mindful, meditation, practicing gratitude, uh, deep breathing, uh, doing fucking things outside your normal routine, like having a hobby, um, relaxing, taking a bath, uh, uh, spending quality time with people, talking on the phone to people that fill your cup up, like walking your dog or just hanging out with him or her and on the weekends. Like there's a lot of ways for you to manage your stress, but finding ways that work for you that you enjoy doing will again, help you keep yourself in the game for longer. Um, and, and will likely make a lot of these other things like, man, when you manage your stress better and you know, you're more clear minded or you don't let the small things always get to you. Like you're probably more likely to execute on your workout plans for the week and to, um, to be in a, a, a headspace where you can say no to certain things and continue to stick to a dietary pattern that again is in your best interest that you enjoy. That's also getting you some of the health outcomes and enjoyment that come from that. Um, you being able to like, uh, uh, drink more water and, and stay on top of your, your health and your fitness and get more walks. And like, man, you 
being a little less stressed out is going to make it easier for you to execute on all the other things that we know we need to do. So I would argue that taking care of your mental health, implementing really good stress management um, practices, again, it's not going to be perfect every day. It's always going to be a work in progress, but man, that's going to be a a really good return on your investment because that's going to make everything else easier, right? Um, I would add bloody uh, adding blood work to this list as well. Um, in general, just doing like regular health checkups, whether it's every year, every other year, whether you work with a coach, like there's a lot of ways that you can work with providers and, and, and work with people who kind of have an extra set of eyes on yourself instead of you going 10 years without, you know, seeing a doctor or something. And then all of a sudden you have pre-diabetes and you're like, what the fuck this happened overnight? It's like, no, it's probably 10 years in the making. Um, um, underrated things that I'm thinking about also are just like, this sense of belonging, having social connections, having positive influences in your life. Like, man, having a healthy relationship with your family, with your friends, with uh, people in your business group or, uh, you know, people you grew up with or your uh, cousins, man, like having people that you can lean on that don't piss you the fuck off that, you know, again, I say add to your cup, but just make you feel like a happier person. Like those are likely going to feed into this like stress management type of uh, practices that we can find ourselves trying to implement, but just having a, a strong support network, having people that are, again, are looking out for you and your best interest, uh, aren't just, uh, people who are only concerned about themselves. Like we all have those friends, those family members that every time you're with them, they just talk about themselves and that's fucking it. Right? Like those people are draining. Like don't hang out with those people as much. If you find that you're leaving those situations, feeling beat up, unseen, unappreciated, like a fucking bag of trash and that they don't really give a fuck about you. Like chances are they probably don't, you know? And like you acknowledging that setting boundaries, like can feed into this, like, Hey, fostering good relationships with people who you feel good around, who you enjoy doing things with. And you bet your ass that this is a component of health that I would classify as one of the top, you know, five, 10 things that we could do um, because it's amazing what isolation can do and feeling like you're alone, right? And having this anxiety and depression and all these things that there's no outlets for, there's no people you can communicate with. Like, man, when we talk about sustainability, like you not doing this whole health and fitness thing alone, you doing life alone, probably going to be in your best interest excuse me, to have people around you that make these things easier to follow through with, um, easier for people to check you and to call you on your shit if you're slacking off or you're not holding up your end of the bargain to, to other people, the relationships, you being able to just like, I don't know, feel connected and seen with other people. Like that's a really underrated way, again, to take care of your health and, and can make this whole sustainability thing a lot easier if you have people around you that are also practicing what they're preaching and, and what you're preaching and what you're trying to do, okay? So when it comes to sustainability, man, like the people you surround yourself with fucking help a ton. Like you hanging out with the people who eat out every time you go out to, to dinner, who order all the drinks, who order all the appetizers, who get the desserts, uh, you know, say yes to everything. Like, again, there's, there's a time and place for that shit for sure. But man, you know those friends sometimes that are always doing all the things all the time. And man, if you're trying to cut or lose 20 pounds, but you're hanging around people who themselves maybe, you know, uh, aren't in that same mindset or who are making it difficult for you to execute and follow through with those decisions, um, intentionally or not, right? Like, like that can be, uh, making this thing a lot more difficult than it needs to be as well. So I, I bring all this up, but like maintaining these social connections that make you feel good, that fill your cup up, that, uh, just help you feel the sense of belonging that man, I think is just like this innate, uh, need that humans all have that when you don't have, 
shit can be a lot more difficult. Okay. Um, the last thing I want to say is like not drinking alcohol, not, uh, smoking, uh, you know, cigarettes, tobacco, all that bullshit, um, moderating your alcohol. Like, again, is it fair to say or sustainable to say you'll never drink ever again? Like some people can, some people, uh, you know, quit alcohol for dry January. They realize how good it makes them feel. And then before you know it, they're 400 days sober, even though they weren't technically quote unquote alcoholics or night diagnosed or had a problem, right? Like there's people that definitely do that. Man, for other people, they might find that, yeah, I have a wine club and I love the people there and I love supporting this business. I love their wine and I love a glass of wine two nights a week and that's what we do and that's something that's enjoyable for me but I don't go overboard and I love the, the way the wine tastes and that's something that I want to do. Like, man, that's not unreasonable at all and for you, that is sustainable instead of you saying like, okay, I'm just going to limit or cut out alcohol completely and then before you know it, you've, you know not drinking alcohol for two weeks, then you get together with girls night and you have this good or bad, this like, um, this, uh, hard rule where you're like, I'm not drinking, but everyone else is drinking. And I am gonna, you know, uh, they're drinking our, my favorite wine. And before you know it, you drink a whole bottle with them when in reality, man, maybe you could have just had one glass and called it good, but you listed all these rules on you. So you kind of like gave into the temptation more so, you know? So I don't, I bring all this up because again, sustainability from alcohol consumption, man, some people can cut it out, feel good forever. Um, Honestly, that's probably in a lot of people's best interest. But again, being realistic here, and a lot of you don't need to be drinking more than five to 10 drinks a week, okay? Let alone a night, some nights. Um, so limiting that and being mindful of that and cutting back on that could be really beneficial as well. And man, I, I say all of these things and I, I, I don't even know what the point of this podcast was. I thought it was gonna be, again, a 20-minute converse, conversation, but it definitely wasn't. But I bring all of these things up because there's all these different little categories, right? Your exercise, your diet, how much water you drink, how much sleep you can get, what your stress management is like. Are you drinking alcohol? Are you doing other recreational drugs? Like um, all of these things that go into this whole conversation of like, what's sustainable? What are you doing right now? Are you meeting yourself where you're at? What, what, you know, bridges can we gap here? Right. Or, um, you know, bridges can we build to just like, uh, connect this gap that is in our life right now that are going to, to make us healthier, that are, are going to get us the results that we're looking for, that are going to be conducive to us staying healthy or getting fitter or looking fit, like whatever, whatever the definition of, of, uh, success looks like to you right now. Like there's all these little categories that you need to turn the knobs up or down on, right? And and those are the things that only you really can decide, you know, what's worth it. What are the trade-offs of turning one up over the other, all of them up at the same time? What are you going to have to say no to more often? Like you having the honest conversation with yourself of like, what is realistic for me is tracking food every day and doing, uh, you know, four workouts a week and going on four walks a day to get 10,000 steps, man, if, if all that is not realistic or you're like, damn, I work 70 hours a week and I have to, uh, you know, I'm divorced and I have to take the kids to the mom's house who lives an hour away every weekend. And, uh, when I'm with my kids, all I want to do is see them. And we do these things like, man, you know, you doing what your favorite physique competitor is doing probably isn't realistic. So it's just having that honest conversation with you in the, in the very beginning and, and being able to turn those knobs up where you can, and that will help build momentum over time. That will help you decide, Hey, what can I do? How can I do more of this? How can this bleed into other areas of my life where I can continue to make better decisions? And again, 
part of what happens is this identity change that you feel good with. You are starting to embody what it means to be a healthier version of you or the 2.0 version of yourself. Um, the person who is successful in their sport or, um, you know, their weight loss efforts or being a good partner or whatever the case may be, right? Like this identity change is really, it's really important to happen in conjunction with everything that you do from a behavior, from a diet, from a life lifestyle modification standpoint. But man, once you start identifying all these things that you can change, that's when this whole sustainability conversation can start to make a little bit more sense for you. And that's when you can start to create your own definition of what it means to be sustainable for you. And appreciating the fact too, that like this shit changes over time, right? Like, like what you decide is sustainable for you right now might change in three months, whether you know it or not, right? It might change in three years. It might change in 10 years. But man, just being honest with yourself and, and appreciating like all the things you can do, the things you don't want to do, the things that are going to make it more likely for you to stay in this game, that is what I want for you. And that's what I want people to just really take away from this episode is like sustainability. It's a loose term. It's something that people use that I appreciate that we all need to kind of remember in the back of our heads when it comes to changing our health and everything that we're doing with our lifestyle and changing the way we look. But man, it's the start of the conversation. It's not the end of it, right? And, and there's no one blanket um, like sustainability regimen that everybody is going to do for the rest of their lives. That just does not exist. So we have to appreciate that all your nutrition, your fitness, like all of this shit is, it's highly nuanced, right? It's highly individualized. There's a lot of general things and topics that most people can benefit from, but how they apply to your life, where you're at with those right now, what you can improve on, again, is where we need to start and it's where you need to have those conversations with yourself to one, get outside of your comfort zone, right? Um, and to be able to acknowledge that like, hey, these things are worth it to me and and this is why I'm doing it and this is what is going to make it sustainable for me to, to, to just stay in this game over the long term. So I don't know if any of that made sense, to be honest. Um, I don't even know what I talked about to to, to be completely real, but I'll probably listen back to this episode and, uh, and pause it and be like, damn, I should have said X, Y, and Z here, here, and here. But I don't know. This was just uh, a little bit more truth, just kind of what came to my head, what I wanted to talk about today. And I hope you took something from it. Okay. I really do. Um, and honestly, I'd love to have conversations around this as well. Like if you ever want to DM me, reach out to me, I'd love to talk about these things more. But, uh, sometimes when I have these, uh, the kick in the pants, <laughs> there you go saying that again. But sometimes when I have these, uh, small motivations to just talk about some of these like really complex topics, it just helps for me to, to come on and just, uh, talk a lot of, talk a lot of shit on here with you guys. So I hope you found any value in that, um, Again, if you listen to this far in the episode, I, I appreciate you as always. And until next time, remember to eat with a purpose, train with attention, and think with confidence as you work towards your own nutrition and fitness goals. Appreciate you as always. I uh, hope you have a good one, and I'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Thank you again for listening to this episode. If you found value and enjoyed it, it would mean the world to me if you posted a screenshot to your social media. If you do, make sure you tag me so I can say thanks. Or if you're on iTunes, scrolling down and leaving a five-star review would be much appreciated. And if you ever want to get in touch with me, you can always find me on Instagram at LukeSmithRD. Thanks again for tuning in, and I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. I'll see you on the next episode.